0: On today's episode of Gathering the Kings,
1: I can explain to customers why they should use us. I'm good at the sales part of it. And to some degree, you know, I'm good at understanding our team and, and what they're good at. But it was taking that step back to say, oh, no one's happy killing ourselves to make no more in profit just to say that we're a bigger company.
0: You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in what's up everybody i'm Chaz wolf gathering the kings podcast i'm your host i've got jordan simon here on the king stage my brother jordan how are you good Chaz. how are you my friend I'm doing well, man. We just, we had our own little mini podcast without recording it. You and I just now chatting about podcasts and and you've started one since, since no, like us inviting you, which is kind of cool. And so I want to, I want to learn about all the things that you're doing. You got a couple of different businesses. I'm really excited for this opportunity to chat with you. So tell us what kind of business that you got, brother.
1: Yeah, man. appreciate the invite. Happy to be here, but though so- It kind of goes way back. Growing up, my family, my my dad had a, worked in a plumbing company that was owned by my uncle at the time. Okay. And my dad was like a serial entrepreneur, right? So growing up, I would work with him doing plumbing calls. I remember doing calls when I was like eight years old, but then he had a car lot. He had a sawmill business. So I spent summers growing up playing in the sawmill, like sawdust piles while he was cutting wood. Oh yeah. So the story starts, you know, kind of from being a kid growing up with him, seeing he was always running businesses. So, and when I was like in high school, he ended up buying the plumbing business from my uncle. So he ran it for like 12 years. So I did it for the summers in high school through college worked there. And I knew for a fact, that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my (laughs) life. I knew I did not want to be, you know, a plumber. So went to school, went to grad school, got a master's degree in accounting, worked in corporate finance for a few years. And then it kind of got to a point where my parents wanted to retire, wanted to take a step back. And yeah, The the business, the plumbing business that we had has such a good name. It's been in that community for so yeah, long that, long you know, he was kind of looking to, to to sell it and there was, you know, great value there. And I kind of, he, we talked about it because I stayed involved even as I was in corporate finance, because we would talk about things, especially on the technology side, whether it be the website or, sure. you know, integrations with accounting and things like that. But I I knew all these people, that worked there. They'd been there for some 40 years, wow. some 20 years. So like I grew up with these people. And the yeah. idea of a venture capital firm or even just another person coming and buying that business and, and you don't then know what's going to happen to those people right. that you grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it just didn't sit well with me. And so we we just got to talking over the course of a few months where it was like, you know, he kind of asked if I'd be interested in, in buying in with them and kind of running it so that they could retire. Yeah, and yeah, talked to my wife about it, and we did that. So in 2020, um, we 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 bought in, and I'm um, partnered with my parents now, which are re- you know we kind of talked through different scenarios, but it, it's worked out really well, I think, in my mind. And we talk almost every day now, my dad and I, just awesome. about business or whatever he's doing in Florida. But so we have the the plumbing business. Whenever I bought it, we expanded into multiple locations and also into wow. multiple trades. So now we do plumbing, heating and air and electrical. Wow. And then in 2021, our, the main supplier we used got bought out. The two guys that we used the most, like the actual sales reps that we had the mm. biggest relationship with kind of went off on their own and started a business. A few months in, I think they kind of hit some some struggles and they approached us and asked if we'd want to buy it. So I saw it as an opportunity to A, get some inventory management, but then B, have the expertise of these guys that that knew so much. Yeah. So now we have the plumbing business and we also have the supply business yeah. that kind of does our, our inventory and yeah. things like that. So a I know that was a long story about what the businesses are, but under the that's Simon right. Home Services umbrella, we have the, the home services and then we also have the supply business yeah. as well. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's great. I mean, I think that there's a natural... um you know, integration there, just, you know, going forward in the process or going, you know, after in the process and you've done both after in the process is okay. Well, once we service their, their plumbing needs, what else can we help them with? Let's add on these other services and and then going backwards in the process. Well, where do we get our stuff from? What happens before even us? Well, we got to get the product. So I think that that's really cool that you've expanded um, in both ways for your, for your business. It's a conglomerate at this point, you know, you got a family, you got a decade, multiple decade scenario in families. And and now you've expanded in, in a couple of different ways. I want to get into more of the story and kind of how you've done that. But for you particularly, before we jump into that, I want to know your why. I mean, you're, you're second generation. It's kind of like the third iteration in your family of mm-hmm. business, but second generation. And um, there's a reason why you're pushing. Because even even when we were not recording, you were talking about you know some other cool things that you're doing. You're starting a podcast and, and some consulting stuff as well. And it's like you know some of this stuff that keeps you pushing... But even though you had all the success already, you just told me how you expanded into other verticals, into other trades, and yeah. you bought another company and all this stuff. Why are you still pushing so hard? What 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 gives you the juice?
1: Well, you know, in the podcast, I talked to somebody one time and they use this analogy of like, you know, we go to the gym and we work out. And then once we get to a certain weight, we don't just say, well, I beat the gym and I stopped, right? Like yeah. there's this pursuit of always kind of getting to the best version of yourself And for me, I wanted to create not necessarily the biggest business or or make the most money, but I wanted to create a framework where people want to come work for us, where we're known as, you know, just a, a, an expert in our field, but then also like we take care of our people, we take care of our community, kind of like that, that beacon in, in, in our, in our area. Mm -hmm. for me that ended up expanding into, to other things, you know, whether it be helping other small businesses, because when I worked in corporate finance, you kind of get to see some processes, procedures that these huge corporations use. And it's like, well, why can't the small mom and pop business use that as well? So how can I help you use strategic planning and different accounting operations to help, you know, streamline your business? So then it just became a, yeah, we built this, this framework, but that's now allowed us to spread that to other people. So that, you know, from the podcast where we get to tell stories or or hear stories from other people to share with others to actually going to start, I didn't mention this earlier, but a training program as well. So in West Virginia, there, there wasn't an accredited plumbing apprenticeship program in any of the trade schools. So I reached out to trade schools to, to talk about it. And it's like, I don't know, you can hit all this red tape. I'm like, well, I'll just do it myself. So we actually started, I started the mountain state trade Academy. That's going to allow for people to go through an apprenticeship program, whether that's our people or just anybody that wants to learn, learn the trade. Yeah. So it's yeah. at this point, it's more about like, what can we do to keep kind of growing and, and helping more people?
0: Yeah. I love the perspective there of not only does it solve your problem, right? Cause if you can help more people get certified, then it helps you grow. Right. But inevitably you're helping more people and that's the focus and i think even bigger than that it's a problem like it's just a problem that exists and you said hey if if y'all can't do it let me take care of it All right put it put it right here i got big shoulders i gotta <laughs> take care of it <clears throat> right
1: i know so yeah i mean true and even from a, a- I hope to expand it beyond that because I was talking to other trade schools that did the same thing in different states. I talked to one in in New Hampshire, the Grand Estate Trade Academy, and they were talking about like these YouTube videos or channels that they use to help train people. And then one was called like the HVAC school. So I started doing some research. The plumbing school didn't exist. So it's like, well, then I'll start the plumbing school.com too. So then we can hopefully take it beyond just you know a, a true accredited apprenticeship to help anybody that's Let me learn something more about what's going on in my home or in my business or, you know, anything with the plumbing and in the, in the building.
0: I love it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're hitting on all the right things, man, because, you know, eventually what, what seems to help a certain group of people can now also affect so many others. And, and just to bring it always back to, you know, this, this King mindset, this is what a King does. You know, it's not just this one individual pursuit, this one business or my, just my family or, or you know, it's not about myself. It's about, okay, so here's my talents. Here's my influence and my impact. And I want it to be as big as possible, which then all ties back to what you're saying, which is you becoming the best version of yourself, even though you may have hit already a, a pinnacle, it seems like maybe the most, there's still so much room when you have this awareness of like, man, there's just so much more we can get done. There's so much more influence or impact that you can have. It, it almost feels like what you've done isn't even anything, right? Do you feel that way too?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. But then I, you know, I, as I've gotten older and I had kids myself, I go back to these lessons that my dad would teach me growing up. And one thing I always talked about was stewardship. So, you know, even biblically speaking, like the money, the things that we have, we are just stewards of, and I've really taken that to heart with the business. Like it's not mine. It's just what we have to be able to provide for, you know, all these employees and their families. So yeah. I take it as my responsibility to make it the best that it can be as big as it can be so that we can help those people because I'm a steward for that.
0: I love that man. I, I haven't I haven't made our core values for Gathering the Kings public necessarily, but one of them is that we're royal stewards, and this this mindset right here, this this word steward, is very unique to me, and oftentimes used in in maybe more of a, a faith based scenario, but the principle of it is kingly. The principle of it is, it's lack of self. It's you have to you have to think of others, which is the very heart of you know a father or a king a servant right like yes i have this power and this authority but but i'm using it in the way to be able to help others and that's what stewardship is it's like man i've been given all of this in this case a business or influence or my son or a marriage or whatever all these things that are connected to me man how can i then turn and do it well take care of them well push into them well build them well all of those things right yeah
1: and, and what i tell the team is like i don't i've never really been about like hierarchy. So instead of a pyramid, it's kind of like an inverse where the point myself being at the, is the, the, the support system. I'm here to support yeah. you to help you do your job as best as possible. If I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing my job. So yeah. it's, to me, it's upside down in the sense of if you're at the top, you're there to to help support your team or whoever it is. That's, that's working exactly. with you.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I've heard it also said like, it's my job to make your job better, easier, you know more fulfilling you know all of that i think that 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 the, all those that kind of play into that same mindset of of taking what we have and then being able to serve others through it i think once you once your team tell me what you think about this once your team gets a hold of that also and it's not just them being served or supported right but them taking that same stewardship mentality or even just a servant heart and being able to press into their fellow coworkers the clients of course their families their communities their church like that same king mindset when you can kind of trickle that down, even now you have like this multiplier of like, whoa, when we walk by this business or when we walk by this person's house or when we interact with this individual, whoa, it's different, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think that's one thing that maybe I've struggled with is, is getting that, that same passion for that mission to every individual. Sure. And I think everybody to some degree struggles with that, right? I mean, because they're, yeah. they don't own the business. They're not going to, and they shouldn't work as hard as you do, but getting them to understand what we do like people can when you're a plumber it's not always an easy an easy day on the job right i mean you may be doing something that smells bad or it's cold outside or it's hard work so i always thought about it when i was in the field of like i'm i'm helping someone with their most valuable asset and it's their their home so i get a chance to come into their home and be someone that does something for somebody rather than just thinking about it like well i gotta go do this crappy thing yeah
0: yeah It's true. It's true. When you change your perspective, really in life, like when you, when you can make that shift to value, that's when you become more valuable. Usually that's when you make more money. It's usually when you grow a business, like all those mindset shifts that we, that we go through over the course of time, whether it be an employee, I can think of when I was an employee and I made that shift to how can I become more valuable? Well, I, I, I take this task of going and, you know, unclogging this drain seriously, because man, I get to help this family here today. And so that changes my attitude when I walk in the room and I, and I interact with the client. I'm, Hey, hello, how are you? And, and maybe I'm pointing out different things in the home that I think are really cool. And I'm just, I'm having this experience because I want to be valuable in, in return Then obviously I become more valuable to the business even. So I think there's an encouraging there for, for all of, you know, even team members listening as well. I want to go into your story here a little bit. So, so you come in, you know, you say, I don't want to be a plumber. (laughs) Yeah. But here you are. You buy a plumbing company, and of course, you've made some other purchases since. But give us a little bit of the journey. Like, what was the first couple of years like? You bought bought it right before COVID. Like, just give yeah. us a little bit of that kind of you getting started story.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it was there was already a really good base to the business. We were already had really good market penetration. Yeah. Uh, it's a relatively smaller community, and we'd been around for forty years. So, yeah. in my mind, there was only two ways to grow. We could spread and cover more area or we could go into different trades i'm like well we'll just try a little bit of both and that's kind of what i explained to the team the first time we had like a meeting after the transition it's like here's you know you guys have built this great business here's my plan for the futures we're going to do those two things so we kind of started with just one location that's about an hour from our our main but it grew relatively rapidly and i think that the i underestimated how easy the growth would be especially in that mm-hmm. industry where it's everybody has these problems and a lot of times the issue is finding people to do it yeah so even made the mistakes of growing too quickly and, and then it's we kind of put a pause yeah put a pause on it so yeah between but but then you have to have the framework too to, to manage different locations that changes your business entirely oh yeah and uh, you know it's i've heard other people talk about it like what there's a book right? what got you here won't get you there that's uh, right where it's like just because you've got a business to to $1 million, the difference between a $1 million and a $10 million business is a lot of different things. It's not just doing more of the same stuff. Right. So exactly. trying to figure out what those things are and how to grow profitably and, and in a manageable way has been the the struggle. Yeah.
0: Especially if you're adding in the <clears throat> dynamic of, of a whole nother location that's separate from your current business, it's different from taking one physical location and going you know, to five or 10 million, as opposed to now, now we're going to create separate locations. That's a whole nother thing. I didn't know this myself. I did the same exact thing with franchising. Mm -hmm. I skipped over from, you know, I had some locations in Kansas and Missouri, and then I skipped way over to Florida. And at the time people, even in the franchise system, were like, why are you doing (laughs) this? Are you nuts? I I was just thinking, why would I not? It's Florida. Like now now I get to go to the beach, which, you know, I think I've been to that beach two times, you know, (laughs) The, but the reality is, is that like there's a whole another dynamic. Now, I I appreciate that business. It is one of the best business decisions I've ever made. However, that dynamic of another location that I can't get to within an hour, <laughs> even.
1: Yeah. No. So how changes you, the
0: management style? You know.
1: Yeah. How did you for how did you transition to doing a remote management? Because I think yeah. That's, all kinds of fun
0: stuff there. And, and I have to give you 240 episodes in now, and you're the you're the first guest that has, has turned this back on me. So I'm gonna answer the question, but we're gonna get right back to you. Don't oh, worry. Okay. Yeah. So in that, there there is a whole nother level of management, obviously, right? So for me, it's a store level, you know. Same thing, probably with a with a service company. You have to have some sort of an office manager or a GM, depending upon the 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 structure of the business of the physical location. And then I had a whole nother level of someone managing the individual managers. And so you just, it's all it really is. We know this from corporate America because that's you and I both know this. You just, you just keep going up and you have a regional person and then a director and then, and then the director of the directors and then the VP and it just, it just keeps going. So that's probably the biggest difference. And then having systems, obviously those things just become so much more important ways to track production um making sure that people have what they need to feel supported all those things but yeah. it just gets heightened because it's like man we're separated at a big at a big level here i can't just get you to you today okay. which is probably the biggest blessing at the same time so i'll i'll give this to you as well as all the other mm-hmm. listeners the 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 two the two franchises that always did better from a management perspective were the ones that weren't in the city that i lived and it's because really? i was forced to run them in a specific way they they couldn't just call me and me run to save the day. I had to create other solutions so that they still could call somebody if, if you know, because things go wrong. It's a business. Course, it's, not like, it's not like things go smoothly all the time. So I had to create other solutions because I, knowing that most business owners like me are just fix it type people. That's what we are. We're, we're, we're problem solvers. And so if you call me with a problem and I can go fix it, then I'm going to go fix it, which is a problem. If you're trying to grow and scale, you can't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: no, that was that was our challenge too because we were so used to everybody's in one building. They're used to going to the owner and saying, "Hey, fix this problem for me." And it's yep. like, well, we got. To, and if we're going to scale, we have yep. to get out of that. And yeah, that was certainly the biggest challenge. And what's different, not to mitigate franchising, but there are somewhat a little bit more rigidity around the processes and procedures. Yep. So for us, we were just a. My dad was on the verge of retirement. wasn't really. He didn't care if there was procedures in place. <laughs> it's like, we, we do it this, they, well, they've yeah. had success. Why do we need to change yeah. what we're doing? Exactly. So yeah. that's been the thing. And a big focus of 2023 for me is going to be, let's actually put down in writing some of these mm. processes and procedures, because now we're to a point where there's, you know, a different structure and a different dynamic. And yeah. I was afraid. So like specifically I said, I didn't like hierarchies, So I didn't really want to give people specific titles, even myself. Like I don't have a title with the business. Cause to me, we're all kind of working together. What yep. that created was a sense of nobody knew who to go to.
0: Yep, 100%. I didn't, I
1: didn't realize this until it's, it's, I'm big on talking to all the employees individually, but, yeah. and they started telling me like, well, I don't really know who's my boss and who do I go to. And I'm like, oh, well, that actually makes sense. Yeah. I was. I was thinking nobody wanted to be, you know, below or above, but then there was it's no guidance. solutions. Yeah. I mean, so I've learned a lot in a short amount of time.
0: Yeah. I think all that's super vulnerable. I hope the listeners paying close attention because you've got two two business owners that have had similar struggles in different industries, but we're talking about really the same thing. And it's people management, it's systems, it's being able to create something repeatable. And so obviously for for you, you didn't have problems getting the jobs, right? You said like, we got right. the work and we grew faster than I thought. It's just the implementation. So you've got the client journey that's in there. You've got how you're like, how people are experiencing you, which comes down to training, which comes down to SOPs, which comes down to this repeatable process. And so there's a lot of work that has to be done in that, especially if you've got this old business, Mm -hmm. you know, that everybody's just been kind of doing the same thing for a while. And and especially if it's all up here, one quick thing I'll give to you and I'll give it to the list as well, because there's new AI out there now. So take a video of you explaining this process, or maybe it's someone on your team, even better, right? Like this person does this task. Okay, great. Get on get on Zoom, hit the record button or use Loom, record it, put it into a editing software. You've got a podcast. You know what I'm talking about. You can throw it into an editing software. It'll transcribe it for you. Take the transcription, throw that into OpenAI and say, create You know the step-by-step process based on this transcript. Boom. Now you have a written format within 30 seconds of what came out of the video. So you put the video and then the written steps in a folder. And then whenever anybody needs to be trained on that deal, you got to know a written and a video form of training and an SOP right there. Boom.
1: <laughs> I, I can't believe I never thought of that. That's, that's right. Uh, I like that.
0: Super easy. Super easy. So, all right, back to you.
1: <laughs> oh, I like the I like the back and forth because it helps me and I'm sure it helps the listeners to hear your insights on your business. Cause obviously you found success as well. So yeah, it's good uh, stuff, the-
0: man. I appreciate you being willing to even ask. I want to know of a good decision. So you've, you've been in this role, especially as a second generation, like, I think there's so many guys like me, first generation that hope to one day, maybe be in business with my kids. I would just love that. What's a good decision that you've made since taking over that you can look back and go like, Ooh, this, this thing right here, I'd do it over and over again. What is it? What can we learn? I
1: think there's, there's several in there, but I wouldn't say it's like, it's kind of hard to place it on one exact thing, but it's around the idea of like efficiency. So I, Starting, so like I, because I came from the corporate finance, they had structures and processes to identify different, let's call them KPIs, to see what's being successful. We weren't doing that before. And one thing that I'm going to backtrack again here, but when I worked in the business, I always felt like, you know, well, dad should do things this way. Like I could do it. It's easy to think that when you're just sitting in a different chair. And then once you're, once you own it, you're like, Oh crap, I see exactly why. There's a lot of moving pieces here. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, well, and not that one person's way of doing it, like if someone bought the business, they may do it completely different. Not that it's wrong, it's just different. Yeah. So, it was around let's actually implement some some data collection so we can make decisions. And then we started to see what type of work actually made us the most money. Yeah. What type of work, you know, was really just keeping guys busy but wasn't. So, the decision around Let's use technology. It was an expense, right, Yeah. to yeah. do it and to start to track it. But let's actually find out where we need to improve what we're doing well from a true numbers perspective, not just what feels right or what feels good, yeah. but what is actually driving the the growth and the revenue and the profit at the end.
0: To To give a follow-up question to that, when you found that, you know, a drain clog versus a new shower install, I don't know. Mm-hmm when you had this list of like, okay, here's, you know, it's always the 80-20, right? Like 80% yep. of our revenue comes from from these tasks here and, you know, the rest come from over here. Did you press into the things that you weren't doing very well or not very much of because you felt like there was more opportunity there? Or did you press more into like, let's get rid of those and only do these things? What was your, what was your take there?
1: So, well, there's a little bit of a di- dichotomy here. It was a good decision to track it, but then I realized we we're a kind of a response-based business. I can't control the calls that come in. It's true. So what then I found was kind of applying the 80-20 rule is that 20% of the crews or the team was actually what was driving it. So yes, there is types of work and, and pricing structures and things like that that can make a difference, but it's okay. Well, these guys, no matter what we put them on, they end up making more money than the other ones. So then it's like, Okay, let's talk to them and figure out why that is. Is it actually expertise, is it motivation? What what is it from these crews that makes them so, I mean, vastly better than than others? And not that the other people aren't working hard. It yeah. may just be, you know, uh, uh, the mindset around, you know, making sure that everything's built properly was a big one, or that all their time was captured. So there were several steps in it, but until you actually pull those numbers out, You don't know, like you have an idea of who's making the most money or who's, you know, you know, who's most knowledgeable just based on conversations. But then it sometimes that's not necessarily who's actually how does that translate to profitability?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Super good stuff. I mean, I hope that, again, that's the listeners paying attention here because you're given really, really practical things. And obviously, like you said, these take like an investment, whether it be in a software or even in time to figure these things out and then to know what to do with it, I think is, you know, another a whole nother thing.
1: Well, that's where we talked a little bit about, you know, I have these, the, the, the home service businesses, but that's why I kind of started that consulting business on the side. It was like, Hey, there's all this insight that I got from the corporate world and from small businesses that it's like someone that's just running and maybe they're just crossing into that seven figures or they're kind of approaching it. You kind of are now going to start to need a, a team around it. And maybe you can't quite afford, you know, the, to hire a CFO. Right. But you can use someone you know, like myself or there's other people out there, other technologies out there that can say, well, let's, here's how you actually run these numbers. And then here's how you make decisions off of them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's two, there's two pieces there. You got to know the numbers. And I think that's probably what most business owners know. Not that they know their numbers. They know that they need to know their numbers, even right. though they still don't. <laughs> that's step one. But then well, step two, really the why behind knowing the numbers is so that you can make good decisions, right? Like you can't, you're just you know, blind shooting out here if, if you don't know if the, the, the
1: detail. Well, you talk about this a lot in the in the show and in some of your posts where it's like, if you're in the business all the time, right? Like then you can't work on the business and help it grow because then you just have a stressful job. The only way to, to kind of, even if you don't necessarily want to sell your business down the road, right? Uh, but if you ever want to be able to, to step back a little bit, you have to go to, through those policies and procedures. And I think the only way to actually know what those procedures and things like that could be is to understand from a numbers perspective the function of the business and what's yeah. working and what doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that, you know, finding that information is key, but it's hard to do. And I get that it's hard, especially when you're just starting out or maybe at a level where you don't have yeah. office staff to to dive into it because you're just worried yeah. about satisfying the customer.
0: Yeah. And I think that there's even, you know, you made this point a few minutes ago, even the guy who's at the million or two or even three, they're just not, they've just never really dug into the numbers. You know, they've just been, they've just been hustling. Yeah. <laughs> they've just been selling and and maybe their charisma and their, and their leadership has just gotten them and their team there, which is fine. It's incredible actually. Yeah. But now it's time to like make decisions based on data as opposed to the whim, you know, yeah. especially if we're talking about building something sustainable, something that's going to be around for the next 50 years, as opposed to, you know, five months. And then now we're worried about a recession in 23, you know, we've we've got to build something bigger than that i want to know about a bad decision something in the last couple years that is just like ooh, palm on the head don't want to do that again what was it
1: i think that it was and i touched on a little bit but around that growing way too fast and it was easy to do because you have we had all these calls coming in so it was just like well let's just find people to fulfill it so you you, we bought vehicles we hired people and then you realize that those particular people hey it's it's if you're just throwing people in and out, you have higher turnover. You have people that aren't bought into the mission and then right. they're angering customers or they're, I don't know, just doing things that aren't really on brand. It's a, it's a trickle. So, and, and I'll dive in like a little bit more detail. So, you know, we from 2020 to 2022 doubled in size. So, in two wow. years, from so it's a 40 year old business, but then we doubled like immediately. Yeah. It was easy. I could double again. If, if we wanted to, but after realizing the hardships of it, I'm like, we're not going to grow until we figure out these procedures and, and and how we actually do this without being super stressed out.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And that's what prompted the, the training program too, is like, I want to be able to let's hire people that, that want to get into this business. and want to learn it the right way. And we'll have our own training behind that yeah. rather than just grabbing people that, you know, are just job hopping and then we're putting them on a van, sending them to someone's house to do work that doesn't yeah. represent us in the way that we want. Yeah. So it, we, we ran across people that, you know, ended up then leaving or starting their own and then bad mouthing us, calling our customers. Like it, you just get involved with a bunch of people that aren't really what what we wanted. So yeah, yeah. just that push to, to grow, 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 to have more employees, more revenue clearly was not the way to go about building something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, to use some King language for the listener again, I love, I love kind of, you know, going back and forth between reality and and then maybe some fictitious story here, but it <clears throat> when when a King takes ground, right? Like literally think of a kingdom and we send the army out and we're fighting against the battle or against the enemy. And we take ground like back in the day, it was like, here's my ground, you know, that's your ground and we fight and I take your ground, you know, and, and we take your supplies and your livestock and stuff, right? Like this is what happens. If I didn't then go after the next guy on the other side of you and then the next guy, eventually the army gets tired and then we run out of food and we run out of supplies and and all the ground that we just got that we just had that no, nobody's farming it and nobody like all the livestock is not well kept and you just over and over and over again just basically ruin what you've just taken over and then you spread yourself thin and then and then someone comes and grabs you and swoops you up pretty easily. And so there's this there's this understanding of taking ground and then cultivating. Taking ground uh-huh. and then cultivating, and so I think if we have that poise of knowing kind of when to maybe turn off the hose, most business owners are like, look, man, I just need more clients. I just want to make more money, right? Because we maybe they haven't figured out that 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 steady flow, you know, of 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 prospects or calls. But if you've got that figured out, then it is the backside. You do have to cultivate, otherwise, it'll just eventually implode, right?
1: Yeah. And I think to some degree, we had a, a, you know, at least in my experience, it's a little bit of an unfair advantage in that it's a smaller community. We grew out of a sheer lack of other competition, which sure. isn't going to happen in Kansas city if you're trying to start a plumbing business, but bait, like, I think you can still learn some of those principles, right? Like we didn't necessarily have to spend on the marketing to get the leads, but we did still have to focus on that cultivation. And right. that's, that's the part where I felt like I was better at, you know, I can explain to customers why they should use us. I'm good at the sales part of it. And to some degree, you know, I'm good at understanding our team and, and what they're good at, but it was taking that step back to say, oh, no one's happy killing ourselves to make no more in profit just to say that we're a bigger company.
0: Yeah. 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 You, It's funny because you're right. There's the ego around that top line, yeah. but eventually you realize it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Uh, <laughs> oh, makes, yeah. It's a big difference, you know? And you being an accounting, a master's degree in accounting, like you you know, like if it doesn't make money, well, what does it make? Stress? Uh, well, no, yeah, thanks.
1: No, but you're right. It was around that ego of like, Hey, now we have this many employees or we're now this valuable of a company. And it's like, but are are you really, if, if, if it's not, you know, the right customers. that's one thing that we learned about is every customer, just like, and as you said, you know, some people think, oh, I just need more sales. I need more clients, I need more customers, right. but some of those customers, you know, like we found, or they're not going to end up paying the bill or, you know, they're just going to complain or it's because they've called other people and had similar issues. And those people don't want to work for them anymore. Yep. So there's finding the right community to build the business within. Um, And sometimes you gotta, you gotta fire customers too.
0: Yeah, that's right. So true. Okay. We're going to go over to our speed round here. I want to come at you with KPIs to the one that has an accounting background. If you can only pick one though, one thing to track forever and ever, what would it be?
1: I think it's, I think it's profit. I mean, i i Saddle that question for a while. And I'm like, you know, there are things that can help you make decisions to increase it. But if you're not focused on that bottom line and growing in a way that allows you to still be profitable, then it's not going to work. I think that we're seeing that now in the kind of overall economy where these businesses have these huge numbers, but they don't make any money. And then all of a sudden it's like you dig in and when, when times get tough, they go out or, you know, they can't sustain it. So that, like actually having the foundation of a profitable business. I think is the most important thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's why Apple has billions in cash, right? Right. (laughs) Cause they know, they know that, that the storm eventually comes and you have to be profitable to be able to weather it. Right. What book would you recommend? Or maybe resource would you recommend for a business owner?
1: It's probably not even really a a business book, but one that I've reread probably like every year is thinking fast and slow by Daniel Kahneman. Just because it, talks about the two sides of our the the way our brain works where we make quick decisions you know based on our subconscious that we don't even realize mm-hmm. and then when you take us up to pause and think things out so just kind of starting to understand your subconscious influences and why you're making decisions can yeah. make you a better person, parent, friend, and and ultimately the business owner as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those <clears throat> decision making abilities. I mean that's in essence why I crux the show on a good and bad decision because it's why we are where we are today. You and me, the listener, everywhere. Like If we're honest, we're today where we are because of the decisions we made, good or bad. So I just love that, that uh, picture of a, of a resource being able to help us make better decisions. Subconsciously, yes. I think we can even massage that tool, right? That subconscious yeah. tool. Or even the, the ability to be able to slow down, think things through, knowing what you're looking for, not looking to hesitate, but to make decisions, I think is great. What would you say about intentionally networking and or masterminding?
1: So... This is something that I probably have changed my mind on lately because growing up, like, you know, with my dad doing all these business, it was always just work first, like, you know, do the work, do the work, and then the success will come later. But especially as a business owner, it's kind of lonely at the top, as they say, like you don't have someone that you can necessarily bounce ideas off. It all comes down to you. So So I have found just a comfort in talking to other people whether it's you know joining a mastermind group i, I haven't actually joined one yet but networking is one of the the things that i've used the most yeah. in the past year i'd say is just talking to other people that maybe they're not business owners but have found success in another area of their life one right. of the reasons why i started the podcast in in, in the beginning was just a chance to talk to people because yeah. you learn so much here in other people's stories, how they overcome things, and just a way to kind of say, here's what I'm struggling with. What what do you think about that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think even earlier, 10, 15 minutes ago, when you when you did when you did the impossible and you turned my own show back towards me, <laughs> which is which is great. I love it. I really do appreciate it. It just shows your desire to want to like, like, let's go back and forth. Let's let's um, let's do this thing together. And you're right. it, it at least here's what I found. What I'm hearing you say, at least in my words, it was that seemed soft, right? It seemed like, oh, like that's like business therapy, you know, like, yeah, yeah. But when you realize that, like, I am over here by myself making pretty weighty decisions on a regular basis, and there's some weight to that, like real weight for my family, for my team, for my team's families, like I'm over here making some pretty big moves And nobody knows. It's like, whoa, I'd love uh, just a little bit of a reverberation here in the room of some, some thought. And to be able to have other people that you know that are at that level or even above be able to pour into you is is obviously a big reason why why we do this that's why we're doing the show right now to be able to help other people in the same exact way so i just appreciate that perspective next question for you is around family i I prepped you a little bit before i hit the record button i didn't tell you exactly what i was going to ask here but gathering the kings this year in 23 i'm taking not a new approach i've always been family focused but i'm i'm really trying to break this family marriage and business thing wide open because it's something that we we wrestle with constantly I don't believe in balance, but what I do believe in is going after or obsessing over my marriage, my family, my kids, and my business all at the same time. And I want to know how you have done that practical, maybe a tip or two on how you've been able to obsess over all of it at the same time.
1: I don't think I've done it well, to be honest. I I do make a lot of the decisions on on growth and trying to build something sustainable. And the fact now that I have children and the idea that I want them to see a representation of what hard work and what, you know, your own ingenuity and things like that can do for you. Yeah. I always hated the idea in the corporate world that someone else put a number on my worth. Like you can, I'm telling you, you make X amount per year. I'd rather make less, but know that I'm doing it on my own and that I'm in control of it. So I hope to be a representation to my family of what hard work and things like that can be. When it comes to balance, I have tried a lot of the reason for those policies and procedures just to take a step back, to be able to spend some more time with, with young children. And, you know, I, I I bring a lot of that home because like we talked about without a, without a mastermind group, without a a peer group that you can talk to, sometimes your wife becomes your, your, your sounding board,
0: which is Um, good and tough sometimes.
1: Right. So, I mean, I think we've done a good job of being on the same page about what that means, but I think and I'd be curious on your perspective on this too. Cause we talked a little bit before about like, you know, right now we're, we're sleeping in different rooms because of how our young children, it's like, we do, we don't have a lot of intimate intimacy time. And that could just be yeah. for conversation. Yeah, uh, Cause you're just, exactly. it's always go 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 with kids and with work yeah. with this and that. So it's like, to me, it's, it's, I have to, I've started. So what I've, I've, I've done some research on how to do this. And it's like, well, it says that, you know, people that you know, manage their time better, do what's like yep. block scheduling. So I've actually blocked off time in my calendar now yeah. for those sort of things, or maybe it's leaving my phone away yep. because there's always somebody that needs something always you know, like, so you have to be deliberate in saying, "Oh you no, know, this time is already carved out, yep. but you know, you have to also be flexible and realize that things are going to change. Like my, kids gave me a cold this week. And then we had them at the doctor in the morning. Yes. So it's like, things are going to yep. change, but be intentional oh, yeah. about blocking time. So do, yeah, do you good. do that? Do you block time for I your do. family?
0: I do. Okay. And, it, and it's probably one of the biggest shifts that that I changed. I've, I've made different iterations of that blocking. And so like right now, what it looks like is that I, I go pretty hard early in the morning until about two, three, pick up my kids and I spend a good chunk of time with them. I even put them down for bed and then you know in the late evening it'll either be another flow for me in the office or mm-hmm. or time with my wife and again we've got a young a young baby as well same as yours 7 months and so you know sleeping in a, in, a, in the guest room has been a thing passing the baby back and forth sometimes it's sleepless nights nice, sometimes it's not sometimes you know our time that we had scheduled for us is interrupted by by a upset baby or 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 an older child because we got four that wake up and random time you know nine o'clock at night and they're just up Mm -hmm. and it's like okay well here we go you know so i think that there's i think the main point really obviously yes super tactical put it on the calendar if you're listening right now and you don't have like a family time on the calendar that's like just step one like because you and i both know if it's not on there you're gonna do something else period
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then and then just knowing that like you know if you if you have it there at least attempting to get done. But then there's this flexibility, kind of like you said, the main piece I think is that like, it's all together. It's not family and business. It's like, it's it, we're all in it together. I had a guest a couple of weeks ago say that he wanted the business to be a child, Mm. not a mistress. That's I like that from the business, from the perspective of my wife, from the perspective of my children, looking at a mistress versus just another kid, like wow well yeah like we embrace the child that's part of the family like we know their name we love them they're part of the activities we're part of their like we're in it together it's not all about them it's not they're just only one of the children but as soon as it becomes the mistress it's like it's like this thing over here that takes away daddy's attention and and we don't know them and and it's separate from us and it and it creates this this boundary which i was just like whoa mind blown boom totally agree with that what would you say well, to
1: that well no, I, one thing i think that is important for me to figure out and I think would be really good for your listeners is that there is not a right answer to this question. So like, I, I've always been an early riser. So like, even in college, I would get up at like five in the morning, go to the gym have. So now what I do is I try and set an alarm at like, let's say it's four, because I know that kids aren't going to wake up for another three or four hours, I can get a lot of things done. But that doesn't always work. So like, Mm -hmm. I, I like to listen and follow like these motivational speakers, these, you know, influential people, and they'll always talk about the morning routine, or this is what your day should look like. And it's like, that is good. And it's like, but then I always feel like, am I failing because I'm not getting up at four? I'm not getting my workout in. I'm not eating healthy because we're running. And the answer is no. Like you have to do the best with what you can. And I think as long as you are doing that and, you know, the relationship with your family and and your team is not, you know, devolving because of it, then do the best you can. But There is no one size fits all. It's about finding what works for you.
0: Yeah, well, it comes down to intentionality, right? So yeah. if you're intentionally seeking your family at the same time, you're building a business. What I've what I've said here recently, I've said this on a couple shows, is that I'm a builder, right? Like I, I literally get dopamine. Like I'm excited about building a business, building a team, like going after something, doing a marketing campaign, like let's go. But then playing Uno with my kids is like, ah, uh, I don't know, right? Yeah. <clears throat> no, no, no. Like forget the game of Uno. That's, that's, not even, that's not even what I'm talking about anymore. I get to build my child. Yep. What am I teaching them in the game of Uno or Monopoly or the cash flow game for kids, which we love? It's like, <laughs> how, how do we, how, like, I get to teach my nine year old about assets and liabilities. And so when we're on our way to Costco, she's like, Daddy, we're on our way to buy a bunch of liabilities. I'm like, Yeah, you're right. Good thing daddy's got some assets to pay for these things. It, but when you have that perspective of like, okay, it no longer is my identity of like that I'm a business owner or that I'm a dad, I'm a builder. And the builder gets to build businesses. I get to build children. I get to build my marriage, all this cool stuff. So hopefully that's helpful to you and to the listener as well. Thank you for your perspective there. I got one last question here for you, Jordan. I want to know if you could whisper in the younger Jordan's ear,
1: what would you say? I would say be patient and be grateful. Right. So one of the things I've been focusing on this year as well as gratitude and kind of being at peace with and being in the moment. So like part of that, putting the phone away was let me actually talk to the person that's here. Cause even if that phone's here, they subconsciously can feel that, that disrespect, that that disconnection that you have from that conversation. But then around patience, it's like, I think we in society today, like there's nothing wrong with ambition, but like we talked about earlier, just because you see an influencer that has some course that they're going to teach you how to make 10 million dollars with only working two hours a week it's like right let, let's get per, some perspective like people bit work a long time to, to find success in life so there's a quote that says like you will overestimate what you can do in one year but underestimate what you can do in 10 yeah so okay. kind of set more realistic goals about you know in the short term like just focus on maybe the the, the habits and the processes that are going to build that long term but you'll yeah. be very surprised where you are in 10 years? Cause I always said I was going to be worth, you know, like a million dollars by the time I was 30. And it's like at 27, I didn't know how I was going to do that. But at 31, it's like, well, that was a low bar, you know? So like you, it, it, things can change rapidly. And, and I think you just have that perspective on doing things the right way, setting realistic expectations around it.
0: Yeah. I love it. You said it right with the underestimating in a year, uh, or overestimating in a year, underestimating in 10. I think for the listener right now, if you take away anything, I mean, Jordan's giving you so much today, but that perspective of hey, just keep at it. Like, and it's not even like a like a, a it's a lowering of a standard. It's okay. just the disciplines that, that are gonna create, just just keep doing those. Don't worry about the result. And there's plenty of influencers starting to talk about this as well, Alex Formosi being yeah. one of them. It's like, look, here's the activity. Just right here, if you just do this longer than anybody else, that's what that's what success ultimately comes from so jordan you've been incredible how can the listener find you so number one if they just a, a business owner they want to pick your brain yeah. maybe they're a plumbing or hvc electrical service type company and they need some like accounting consulting understanding numbers maybe they need to reach out to you for that type of service how can they find you
1: yeah. So you can find me pretty much any social media. Um, so it's always like at jasimon.co. You can send me an email to Jordan at com. But I mean, even if you just want to chat, I'm always open to it. Find, message me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, whatever it is, and love to hear what you're going through. And, you know, maybe we can help each other out.
0: That's awesome, man. I appreciate you being open and we'll put all those links in the show notes as well. Blessings on your family, on your little newborn and of course your other child as well, your your marriage and your team, all of that good all that good stuff. And so we just appreciate you being here. Thank you for your time and giving. Thank you for being here.
1: Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to
0: Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight, and nine-figure business owners, is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 kings. Talk soon.